Welcome to GBMA Education's Biosimilar Podcast Series. Where appropriate in clinical practice and treatment of Australian patients, switching to a biosimilar brand of a biological medicine is a choice that can be expected to offer a comparable clinical result to prescribing the reference brand, while potentially reducing expenditure and therefore assisting in the sustainability of the healthcare system. In this, the eighth episode in a series of 12 podcasts, Dr. Lena Thin, gastroenterologist, will discuss her insights into the same study, a biosimilar medicine switch study that was conducted at both Fiona Stanley Hospital in Perth and St. Vincent's in Sydney. Welcome, Dr. Thin, and thank you for participating in GBMA Education's Biosimilar Podcast. When did you first use a biosimilar medicine? Uh, at Fiona Stanley, we chose to first prescribe biosimilar medicine as of the 1st of May 2017. When we sat down as a group of physicians and decided to want to switch, one of the main drivers that um, pushed us in that direction was the cost savings that we could see as a result of the switch, which would allow us to either obtain a new IBD nurse or a pharmacist, and we achieved the latter. Um, so that was a great plus to us, and we felt that this was a low-risk environment given the results that had already just come out from the NORSWITCH study that was published around the same time. Can you tell us about the SWITCH study you're involved in? The SWITCH study, which is run out of uh, Fiona Stanley and St Vincent's at the moment, is called the SAME study, which stands for Switching Australian Patients with Moderate to Severe Inflammatory Bowel Disease from originator to biosimilar infliximab. And this is an open-label registry study of about 110 patients in the group that switched from originator to biosimilar infliximab compared with a cohort of patients that stayed on originator infliximab. And we just followed them up for 52 weeks to look at their loss of response and um, their safety, uh, any adverse events. We did this because we happened to be the two hospitals that switched um, patients in Australia at the same time. And we wanted to maintain good clinical practice and a sense of pharmacovigilance. So we thought we may as well enter them into our open label registry studies. And so far, um, in summary, there's been no difference that we have um, found in the efficacy nor safety um, between the two groups. How broadly are biosimilar medicines used at your hospital? At uh, Fiona Stanley Hospital, we initiate every patient that requires infliximab on biosimilar infliximab, and in total we switched 72 patients as of the 1st of May 2017. Have you noticed any differences in outcomes between the biosimilar and the reference product? In terms of differences between biosimilar and the reference product, I have not yet seen any difference in efficacy nor safety uh, with regards to the infliximab that we've been administering to our patients. How would you describe what a biosimilar medicine is to your patient? A biosimilar medication is slightly different from a small molecule medication in the sense that biosimilar medications are large complex proteins produced from live cultures and cell lines. In doing so, there are slight differences in these molecules which don't have a significant impact on the overall function of the actual molecule itself. The major functions of the molecule are both similar and they're slightly and subtly different in its molecular aspects, which allow the, both molecules to function within a pre-specified range of acceptability. What information did you give to patients when you switched them to a biosimilar medicine? 
We drafted a patient letter um, at their level with using simple language, stating what a biosimilar was and that the hospital had made a decision to switch to the biosimilar. We sent these letters out three weeks before their switch infusion to give them enough time to ring up to the helpline to speak to an IBD nurse or to a consultant regarding the switch. They also had a chance to discuss it with us at their next IBD appointment. At the time of the switch infusion, they would then arrive and if they had any questions, the infusion nurses were also educated on how to counsel the, the patients. Because of the switch study, they all had to read the patient information regarding the study anyway, again, and then they signed a consent form saying that they were happy for questionnaires to be administered and bloods to be taken. Do patients tend to have concerns when switched to the biosimilar medicine? Less than, I would say, a handful of patients. Um, and there were very minor concerns, mainly dealing with efficacy, because we only switched patients that were in stable cl clinical remission that had completed 12 weeks of induction therapy with infliximab. And those that were in stable clinical remission, particularly those that had very difficult disease uh, control before, were the ones that then asked about uh, efficacy of maintenance of remission. One patient rang up uh, because she was pregnant, and so we allowed her to stay on the originator medications. And two additional patients rang up regarding concerns of new side effects after we switched, but that was addressed quite quickly with some discussion over the phone. How did you address concerns raised by patients? We brought them into clinic and had a face-to-face -face discussion because the communication was a lot easier to um, uh, achieve and we could show um, that we weren't concerned about their new side effects or about any loss of response. And we were then able to um, explain to them that these findings would be what we would expect from the normal um, natural history of infliximab therapy anyway. I believe that the confidence and the demeanour of the physician has a big impact on explaining the efficacy and safety of biosimilars. Particularly in our experience, we found that if we were anxious about it or made a big deal about it, then the patients were more likely to be anxious about it. And this is the reason why we had to bring the patients in to discuss when they had any concerns, to reassure them that we really had no concerns about their new side effects. Does the AFLAG status of a biosimilar have an impact on your decision to choose a biosimilar medicine? AFLAGging uh, impacts my decision to switch to a biosimilar in a couple of ways. Um, it means that the medication could be substituted at a pharmacy level because it's considered interchangeable. And that does cause concern for some gastroenterologists. From a hospital point of view, we circumvent this by making sure that all the charts by default already says the biosimilar infliximab and that only a small handful would be the exception. And we do this to prevent multiple switching. We have a dis tight discussion with our patients so that they are all informed. And that makes it a much more controlled environment. In the community pharmacist situation, however, we circumvent multiple switching by ensuring that we write the molecular name with the brand name and ticking brand name substitution not permitted. And it's vital that the gastroenterologist has that conversation with the patient what medication exactly they're having and why, so that inadvertent multiple switching doesn't occur. And this is important because we have no data on multiple switching yet and the effects on immunogenicity.
aren't we just being asked to prescribe a biosimilar medicine due to purely economic reasons? If I heard that biosimilar medicines were prescribed purely for economic reasons, I would look at the question a little bit more deeply and broadly because the implications are huge. Um, the cost savings that we would acquire from switching from biosimilars to originator is not just small, it's, uh, it's vast. And the implications involves uh, reinvestment of these cost savings to improve the quality of life of patients affected by these diseases. And this can take many forms in terms of increasing the availability and the indications for which the existing biological medic medications can be prescribed for, making space for new molecules, and even increasing services, healthcare services, for the patients affected by this um, disease. What would you say to your colleagues who have yet to use a biosimilar medicine? I would say to my colleagues in terms of prescribing biosimilars to not be afraid and that the data is really what it is and that you can be confident that it's as efficacious as the originator. Thank you, Dr Lena Thin, for joining us. We appreciate your time. For those listening online, the next podcast in our series by GBMA Education will be with Dr Simon Garley who will share his insights into the process of integrating biosimilar medicines into his hospital, including his approach to discussing biosimilar medicines with patients. If you'd like to know more about biosimilar medicines in Australia, please visit the Biosimilar Hub at www.biosimilarhub.com.au.